Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of The Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and I ask y'all, do your dollars make sense? So today we're gonna talk about the simplicity of the infinite banking concept. And really what kind of led me to this is a lot of different little things, but another person told me about an Einstein quote, and he says, simplicity is the ultimate form of highest intelligence. So in my opinion, if after I get off the phone with somebody and they don't understand this infinite banking concept and they cannot go and reciprocate it to a, fifth grader or five-year-old child, I didn't do my job properly. Infinite banking is not hard, it's just you need to rethink your thinking. So uh, today's Friday, as I'm sitting here in the office recording this, and hopefully you like this new uh, up-close personal view uh, that I got going on here. So as you can tell, I am not a very tech-savvy camera mic person whatsoever. Actually, I was thinking this morning, the only time I've really been exposed to cameras Uh, a footage, film, or anything like that. I actually, in high school, I was on the news committee. So like at the start of the day, like around like second period, the announcements would go up and uh, I was a part of that crew and I would be in the back. Now, what I would do is I did have the sound bar or or the sound board, I should call it. And, you know, I would uh, move up and down like the little dials and making sure that everybody was tuned in. And then also, uh, I would pivot the cameras, right? So camera one, then the camera two, camera three, and keep pivoting to those different angles. But I never set up the cameras or like framed them. So this is kind of fun. And I'm learning a lot more as building this podcast and this YouTube channel. So thanks, y'all. Thanks for joining me on this uh, little adventure. So a little update too, Um, I just paid off my van. I'm very, very excited about that. I use policy money, and so now I am still repaying myself back into the policy because later on this year, I wanna go out and I wanna purchase that Ford Bronco. I wanna do the Heritage Edition, so like one of these limited edition ones, and I have to wait because later on this year is when the order forms will come out for this really pretty, yellow color and so I mean how cool is that and you know just being in Florida I just want like a fun uh, colored car so the the car that I actually have it's been my car that I grew up with um, my first car ever and uh, it was actually uh, my mom's car so my mom handed it down to me once uh, she upgraded her vehicle so thank you mom but uh, I'm kind of getting to that age and stage in my life where hey I'm building up the resources and I have the freedom now within out of my policies that I can go and finance these new and fun transactions in my life. So, Uh, Today, also, like I said, it's Friday, so later on this weekend, too, um, I actually have some friends and some guests in town, and so there's a little reggae festival going on in Ponce Inlet, Florida. Um, If you haven't been out there, it's really, really cool. If you ever see yourself down here in Florida, um, it's like it's right across the way from New Smyrna Beach, Um, if you folks in the area are familiar, but I'm looking forward to that this weekend, so getting some R&R and kind of hanging out with some friends and some good people. 
So, okay, a few announcements before we get into it. Uh, 23 in 2023, okay? So we are coming around. We're traveling. We're coming out to the 23 different cities. Uh, some are coming up here very soon. We got Dallas. Um, we have Phoenix. And then I believe it's Charleston, uh, South Carolina, is where Jonah and Jeremiah do will be speaking at. So you can always go and find our events. They're posted up on the website, www.themoneymultiplier.com. And uh, go check out the events there. Also in the description link below, you'll see it. And um, all right, well, let's get into it today. So I call it the KISS principle. Keep it stupid simple, okay? That's what y'all got to do. You guys get so hung up in all the nuances and all the nitty gritty stuff. And I get it because maybe you've been burned in the past and you are maybe that type A person that just needs to know everything before you move forward in a, in a specific direction. But to be honest with you, a lot of the human behaviors that we need to over be, overcome is our likeliness to want to overcomplicate things. So we can't keep overcomplicating this stuff because it really is that simple, y'all. And I think a big reason is, is because you're trying to compare it to something else that you already know or that's out there. And it's not that. In my eyes, your policy is nothing more than just your savings vehicle of where you're warehousing the majority of your wealth. So let's talk about the problem. Problem. The problem is, is that number one, we've never been informed of another way. So what do we do, right? What have we just been taught and brought up on? Well, I've been taught that I will go out and I will go produce my dollars because I don't care how you make your money. You got to make your money somehow living on this God-given earth we call America. And then you go and produce your money. Then what do you do with that money? Well, my options are I can go and put it in somebody else's bank i.e. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, I don't care. You go, you, co you can go and leave it down in that, in somebody else's bank. You could keep it under your mattress, maybe dig a hole in the backyard, keep it there in cash, or you could go leave it down with a financial advisor who thinks they can manage your money better than you can right? Those are our three options. So that's what we do. We go and make our money. We go and put it in somebody else's bank. Then the bankers use our money and they make a good living off of our money because what they're doing is they're lending it out to you or to other people and making a good living off of those dollars because they're making the spread. They're making the interest. They're charging you pennies on your dollar, less than 1%. I know some people have been telling me that that there's some accounts out there maybe paying you 2% or so. So they're paying you 2%, but they're turning it around and issuing 9% car loans, 6% home mortgages, right? So they're making that spread. That's how bankers make this money. And they're using your money to capitalize their life, okay? So all we're going to do is we're just going to flip that script. We're going to practice that same banking concept, banking idea, but now just within our own personal life. So instead of me taking my money that comes into me and putting it in somebody else's bank, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to put it down into my bank, i.e. the policy. Then from the policy is how I will go and buy 
buy my investments, how I will go and pay off my debt, how I will pay the taxes, pay for my child's college bill, right? Anything and everything because your cash value inside of that policy, you can use it for whatever you please. So you can go and take that money and go do whatever you want with it. So now, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. One thing I'm thinking about and may may be beneficial and helpful for y'all that I'm not going to dive into in this episode. I recorded a past episode and it's called, why do I feel safer keeping my money with the insurance companies rather than the banks or something along those lines. And I kind of go into more of the behind the scenes of insurance companies versus conventional banks. So I won't get into that into this episode, but there's a reason why I feel safer keeping my money down with my policy. So that's all we're doing, all right? Instead of us going directly from uh, uh, keeping it down in the central banks, now we're just keeping it inside of our policies warehouse there. And I think the problem is too, we're just taught very, very little about economics and banking just as a whole and how it relates to our personal life. And so that's really why I'm here. And I, I applaud y'all for chiming in today because that's really what makes the difference. That's what sets you apart from the masses because you are taking that extra step. You're not hitting what Nelson calls the arrival syndrome. So actually it's kind of funny because Pops actually kind of drew a diagram about this. It was one night, I don't know, maybe like a few months ago, but I actually have it right here, okay? I'm gonna put it up on the screen because we put it into like a better format, all right? A little branded TMM format, but look right here at this paper. And hopefully you can see that. But literally, dad just wrote this out and he's like, he got off the call one day and he comes in and he just sits down and he's like, you know, Hannah, and actually he had his glasses on too. So he goes like this. So he has his glasses on. He like just, he like throws them off and just sets them down. And he's like, you know what, Hannah? I just don't get it. I don't get why people love to overcomplicate this stuff because it is so stupid simple. Okay. Like I said, the kiss principle, keep it simple, keep it stupid simple. Right. So, so he'd come in and he said, I just don't get it because look right here. Look, I'm just going to draw it out for you. You get your money it comes in, so dollars come in. I don't care how that money comes in. It can come in as your active income. It can come in as passive income. It can be investment money. It could be birthday money from grandma. You could be a, uh, making wages. You could be a W-2 person, make your wages. Maybe it's a settlement, right? Maybe it's your 1099 income. Maybe you get paid under the table. I don't care. You go and you go make your money. Then with your money, you should be capitalizing on your bank. This is your warehouse. This is your bank now where you make all of the profits, interests, and dividends. This is where you're storing your wealth. This is where you're keeping your savings. This is your just in case of funds. This is where you're warehousing the majority of your wealth in a safe appreciating asset. Then from there, you still have liquidity you have cash value in there. So let's take it out. Anything you use the money for investments, debts, expenses, um, services, 
college, a wedding, a house, a boat, vacations. I don't care what you use the money for. You got to buy that product, good or service some way, somehow. So all you're doing is you're just using your policy money. Let's talk about the why. Hannah, why do I want to funnel my money through the policy first? Well, because when you do that now for the rest of your lives, you are always going to earn that uninterrupted compounding on that money. So that's why we're doing it. Because if that maybe wasn't the case, along with the few other attributes, you know, tax-free growth, asset protected, you know, governments completely out of our hair, you know, besides all of that, maybe we would keep using our bank accounts, right? Now, I just kind of want to read a little section of Nelson's book, all right, Becoming Your Own Banker. And if you have not read this, y'all, I tell you right now, I tell you every single episode, you need to read this book. And I actually tell you, you should probably read it at least one time a year. But this is literally on page four. It is literally on page four, okay? The infinite banking concept is a major paradigm shift for most folks. It will require several thorough readings for a full understanding of its message. The concept is not complicated. It is just different from the way the majority thinks and behaves. In fact, it is the ultimate in simplicity. I'm going to continue on. There is an extensive reading list in the book and you are encouraged to read them all. Education is an ongoing process and there is no such thing as having arrived in knowledge. So thank you, Nelson, as I, as I just said. <laughs> but literally, Nelson is telling us how simple this is. So stop getting in your own way and stop overcomplicating this, this stuff. It's not about rates. It's about having that full, complete ownership and control. So really what got me into this is because, you know, all day long, y'all, I mean, what do I do? Okay. I mean, I'm over here. I'm doing strategy calls is what I call them. You know, I will go out and teach live or I will do my podcast. We got the YouTubes. We got the Facebook groups, the TikToks, the Instagram reels. Okay. So we're always pushing out the message of how important privatized banking is. And so if somebody's got questions, they'll call me up. All right. They'll call me up. They'll send me an email, they'll book a time on my calendar link. And when we're having these conversations, this is some of the things that people will ask me. They said, this stuff is just way too complicated. It's just way too complicated. Hannah, I need to see and play around with the numbers to really get this. Now I get it. I get where y'all are coming from. My analytical's in the room because my mama, all right, mama was a nuclear engineer, okay? That is the epitome, I hope, hopefully I'm even saying that word correctly, of analyticals, all right? It actually took mom two years for when my dad first started this whole concept to really be totally on board because all of her I's and T's weren't quite dotted or crossed yet. So she really took a while to digest and understand the information because she's the type of person, right? If, she, if something's put together, she literally wants to go in and take it all apart just to see all the parts 
parts and see how everything works than just to put it all back together again. All right, that's mom. So I get it. And that's why we have the YouTube. So go check out Chris Noggle on YouTube, N-A-U-G-L-E. Uh, the Banking Bros on YouTube and TikTok, Jonah and Jeremiah, they got fabulous content out there. And then also the Money Multiplier here on YouTube. So there's a lot of content that really gets into the numbers and the nitty gritty weeds of everything. But here's really where the straw that broke the camel's back was. IBC is not really IBC unless you withdraw money from your bank at 4% and invest it in another better place. I agree that that is a good use of your infinite banking system in your policy to go and do the transaction or process of buying that investment. But no, that's not the only way that it works. Because really what the infinite banking concept or IBC is all about, it's about having that sound money to little to no government intervention. And it's that freedom of choice and the liberty that you now have within your policies and your own privatized banking system that you don't have with those other financial institutes and the banks. You are the one that's in control now because it doesn't matter what's going on in your life if you borrow money from yourself actually and let's even back it up if you even go down to a bank you got to go through all the paperwork the headache the process to just even get approved for that loan and then once you are approved for that loan if you do get approved because I do agree interest rate does offset risk and if you're too high of a risk for the banker anyways they're not even going to issue you the loan so then when you do get that loan to you now you are having to make those monthly payments whatever you're you're promising them back to them they're making the interest on you yeah you're able to use that working capital but you're in those bonds of those banks and those financial institutes when you're using your own privatized bank you don't got to get approved for the loan you literally just call up the insurance company and you say hey mr insurance company i want to take a loan and they say all right hannah well how much do you want or do you want the maximum that's available most of the time I might say the max that's available and they'll say all right well do you want a paper check or do you want that directly deposited to you directly deposit it to me please and then now it will show up within my bank account within 30 days okay now I just tell you within 30 days because I don't want to tell you 10 days and then you get mad at me when it shows up in 12 right but but within 30 days that is my definition of liquid money if I can go and liquidate something and have that back in my hands as cash within 30 days is what I identify as as liquid money so no infinite banking is not just about using the money to then go and reinvest it into another place uh, again I think it's a good idea. I do do that, but that's not what this whole concept is about or just to make it work. No, 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 no. So I really hope I just drove that one home to y'all. Um, another comment I want to make, right? So and actually where I picked this up at, I was at the Nelson Nash think tank. We do, we go there on an annual basis and kind of all meets the Nelson Nash Institute uh, brings us all together. And I was down there and somebody said this, 
They said, imagine a world where you, your children, and future generations never have to rely on a bank and can take withdrawals without penalties or fees and with the government out of your hair completely. Just imagine that world. I mean, I'll tell you from talking from a second generation point of just my family being in this now for going on, oh man, I think it's going to be 14 years. I think this year makes it 14 years that Pops has had his policies. I started mine six years ago at the age of 18. You know, going on here, I, to this day, have never had to go down to a bank and ask to borrow money from a bank. I've had to go to the bank of dad and ask dad, the bank of dad, hey man, I want to go and purchase this house. I want to go and purchase this conversion van. Can you help me? He does it. And now given, right, dad does create that promissory note with me, okay? He's not going to let me off the hook so easy. Also, the bank of dad charges me anywhere from 9 to 13% interest. So I do got to pay the money back and I got to pay it back with interest. But here's the fun thing. If I come to a downfall, dad's going to give me a break. The bankers won't. And if I want to pay it off early or, or if I want to go and maybe borrow more money, you know, I have that resource there that pops will help and, su- and support me like these other banks just won't, right? Because they they're in this business model. It's just all business to them, which I, I respect, I guess, right? But when you're doing it within the family, that is now you closing the gaps where you are really building that generational wealth. So now get this. This is how Pops has it set up. So I have two brothers, um, my older brother, Sean, and my younger brother, Zach. And what dad has set up in place is, is that anybody who pays him back the most amount of interest within his lifetime, they are going to get that return to them full and full dollar for dollar at the time of his passing. So dad is tracking everything of how much interest we are paying him back. And so the person who has paid the most, they are going to get that dollar for dollar back and then plus just a little bit. So I think that's kind of how he has it set up. And his whole philosophy is, is, is that, hey, if you help me better my life while, while I am here on this earth, I am in return when I'm no longer here, I will help you better your life. And so that's just going to come back to us in that form of the tax-free lump sum death benefit. And also, you know, let's talk about it. He's got all of these assets that he's creating now while he's going through and living his life. And that is also going to get passed down to the children, the next generation, if he chooses, right? Because remember, you are in complete control and ownership of your own financial life. And I, just like how I said, it wasn't the last episode, the one before that. Don't lose sight of your why. Take the ownership and take the responsibility. So my PSA to my parents out there, even if you just want to gift your child money, 
I personally wouldn't do it. Teach them those good habits within their banking lifestyle so that they respect their dollar. Because in my opinion, money flows and grows to where it's respected. So teach your children, teach yourself and everybody within your family how to really respect their money and their wealth. All right, let's get into our listener writing questions. Okay, this is one that I get frequently, um, but I got it a lot this past week, so I thought this would be a really good one to bring up. Um, So it's my spouse and I. How should we set up our policies if it's me and my spouse? Here's my advice to that. If you are looking for death benefits on both individuals, both bodies. What I would tell you to do is whatever premium that you want to put into your banking policy, split it down the middle. So let's make believe you want to do 20,000 a year, do 10,000 on you, 10,000 on the other. Split it down the middle because from a banking perspective, it doesn't matter if you just have that one policy of 20,000 a year versus the two policies that you got at 10 here, 10 here. Cash flow, they're going to work the same exact way. The only difference is now that since you split it down the middle, both of y'all now have the death benefit on both of your bodies. And I do think death benefit is important, but if that's not a concern or maybe one spouse already has a boatload of death benefit, then hey, just stick with one policy right now that you're putting all of those premium dollars into and really start there. Start that first one as that foundation, that stepping stone into getting into the ultimate goal of income to equal premium. That's what I like. Page 48 of Nelson's book. All right. Will my health affect my premiums? No. Health is not going to affect your premiums. Health will, though, affect your death benefit. So if I'm comparing like a five-star Olympic athlete to my overweight tobacco smokers, okay, if they put the same dollar amount into their policy as those premium deposits, their cash value and cash flow is going to operate the exact same way because it's how we're internally designing it with that base and paid up edition rider. But my overweight tobacco smoker, they're just not going to be able to buy as much death benefit as my five-star Olympic athlete because of those health concerns, those risks. So the same dollar is still going to buy them the same amount of cash value, but the same dollar is not gonna buy them the same amount of death benefit because of those health concerns. It just makes sense. Because at the end of the day, it is still life insurance. We gotta get approved on the health side for that policy. But even if you have those health concerns, you're just gonna have a lower death benefit. Even for my older folks, let's take it a step further. My people who are 60s, 70s, it's totally fine. Just because you're older, that just means that you're going to have a lower death benefit. Cash flow from the policy is going to operate the exact same way. And I kind of get like where y'all are thinking about this at. 
Because you're thinking about it in that traditional sense of life insurance. When people come to you and talk about life insurance, they're they're saying, hey, how much death benefit do you want? And I'm going to go find you a quote for the cheapest amount of premium that I can get you for that death benefit amount. No, 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 no. I'm never going to ask you about death benefits. Death benefits going to be on the policy, whether we like it or not. What I'm going to ask you is how much cash, how much cash and premium do you want to put into your policy on a monthly basis, quarterly, twice a year, annually. Okay. So that's what I'm going to ask you. And then that will just pop us out X amount of death benefit of whatever that buys us. So I hope that helps. All right. Keep it simple, y'all. It really is that simple. All it is, is that you are just putting your money instead of keeping it in somebody else's bank. You are now keeping it in your bank, i.e. your policy. I hope that helps. And if I, if you are listening to this on a Friday, have a great weekend. But if not, wherever you're at, morning, nighttime, in the afternoon, maybe you're walking the dog or doing the dishes or driving in the car, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. And ask yourselves, do my dollars make sense? So give us a follow um, on the podcast, the YouTube, rate us five stars, leave comments below. If you have topics that you want me to talk about, write into me. My information is below. Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com is my email. Join the Facebook group. We actually just got up to 4,900 members now who are in there. So very excited about that. So thanks for the follows and until next time, I'll catch you then. Bye now. Bye now.